Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Perspectives with Catherine Toon with Catherine Toon and my very, very special distinguished guest, Bishop Jamie Engelhart. Uh, always a joy to connect with you. It's You have, uh, for those of you who don't know Jamie, he is a font. He's been in ministry for years, has been through... Oh my goodness, the stories are amazing. Uh, and so, Jamie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I, I got your bio, but I didn't know if you wanted me to go through that. But just introduce everybody to Jamie Engelhart. <laughs> sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Catherine. Uh, it's always a joy and honor to be able to uh, be on a on a vlog or audio or video or however whatever we're calling it right it changes every five minutes right (laughs) it's it's true gotta keep up with the technology but uh jamie Englehart, living right now in uh, the louisville kentucky area uh married my wife wendy Mm -hmm. we're going on uh, 31 years this year uh been in ministry that amount of time have traveled that amount of time have done everything from planning churches to being a part of uh eldership teams uh, as well as the last 16, going on 17 years, also overseeing a network of churches and ministries and ministers and, and, and different ones. That is a, a great joy. And then a crazy travel schedule, of course, except for this last year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Which COVID. has been crazy in a different way. <laughs> yeah, COVID, COVID definitely was a unique year, to say the least. Um, oh, my goodness. Originally from Michigan, my wife from Chicago area, we moved from Michigan a uh, year and a half ago to be uh, down here in the Louvre area because of where our grandkids were. We have uh, two amazing little granddaughters. And uh, matter of fact, if you if you hear a cry in the background, it's because she's here uh, with us. My wife's getting ready to uh, put her in the car to take her to uh, to pick up her older sister at school. That's so, uh, excellent. Yeah, we, we get her three or four days a week, which... We absolutely love. You can and, kind of uh, hear cries here, but we don't have as much of an excuse <laughs> as you do. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> we try. That's the groan. The groan cries, right? Right. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we don't know how grown of, up the groan uh, cries are, but anyway. Exactly, uh, sorry, exactly. I, I interrupted also, you. You know, do, do a lot of a lot of speaking, traveling, engagements. Uh, I'm an author. Uh, you know, got a bunch of different stuff. Uh, gone on through the years. So I'm working on a whole lot more stuff right now. But uh, course, And online courses, right? You have now. Correct. And hopefully here by June, we'll have our first four out, which that wow. um, our e-courses I'm getting excited. My goal is to have in the next five years, 20 of them. And they're all like five to seven hours. So, I mean, it's, it's right. going a little more in depth on stuff that a lot of times when you preach at a church, you just don't have the time to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, and Jamie, you have, it's just like, you have such a wealth of revelation, uh, that is so, so needed and life giving. So I am, I'm thrilled you're with us today. And we're going to talk today, I guess, about the lenses through which we see God, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, feel free to dive right in and share. I know it's, it's, you, you've got a ton in there. So we want to, we yeah. want to just receive. Yeah, I would love to. And, and right now I've got all this. I just did an e-course this last weekend on hell. 
Oh. And, uh, you know, just went it's over a simple the topic. Pretty, yeah, I pretty much just went over the main three orthodox views. Most people mm-hmm. don't even know there's more than one way of looking at it. Right. But I spent a lot of time studying history on just Excellent. where do we get a lot of our idea? Where, where do we get red devils and pitchforks and, you know, I mean, the, right? the pointy tail. I mean, all the all the Constantine, uh, Hollywood, Dante's Inferno terrifying stuff. Right. And, and just kind of demystified stuff and then gave just some historical reference. But through the studying of a lot of history, the thing that really probably hit me, and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be sharing on this a lot more over the next even couple of years, is how much the church completely shifted the first three to 400 years of the church uh, was very much in their theology, familial. So mm. it was viewing God through the lens of God is love. Yay, then, that, that'll uh, preach for me. Well, hello. <laughs> it's my hot oh, button, your, but keep going, your, sorry. That's your passion. I mean, yes. you wrote a book on it, I even remember. Right, <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit on it, so yes. Hello, hello, just to say the least. But about how it was a lot of Plato and Socrates' influence, a lot of Greek mm-hmm. influence, but then it was men in the, the between the first and second century, like Tertullian, uh, because there were there were like six schools of theology in the first 400 years of the church. Wow. Uh, w- only one of them, Carthage in Northern Africa, believed in eternal torment. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, uh, I believe it was Ephesus, uh, they believed in annihilationism, which, you know, when you died, when you died, you just died. If you right. knew Christ, you were given a life, you, you went to be with him, but otherwise right. they didn't believe your soul was eternal, so you just died. Right. Uh, but then the other, the major thought process uh, the four other schools was something called ultimate reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And there were different forms of that and views of that and everything else. Well, what was interesting to me about it is about how when it got to Augustine or Augustine, depending on how, uh, which he was greatly influenced by Plato, he actually said that the bastion, like the bastion of truth and the removing of errors all came through Plato. Oh, wow. I hadn't heard of that. That's yeah. amazing. And, uh, yeah, Augustine <laughs> wow. was also, he was a hater of the Greek language. He detested Greek. He never took a Greek course. Hmm. He knew nothing about Greek, but a major portion <laughs> of what we believe in the Protestant church right. comes more not from Christianity, but actually Augustinianism. And wow. so Augustine was greatly affected. And because Augustine was such a great author mm-hmm. and he wrote so much, a lot mm-hmm. of his contemporaries didn't write a lot down. So when you had then uh, Justinian, who was an emperor just after Augustine, he fell in love with Augustine and Plato. He had the other five schools of theology shut down. Oh, and so wow. the only school that was accepted by the Roman church then from that time on was the, was the one that was eternal torment or infernalism. Ding, and so, ding, ding. Wow. But the reason, mm-hmm. the reason is, is Tertullian was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. All right. Augustine studied law. Then you had then you had men like in the Reformation, Martin Luther, who studied law, and John Calvin, who was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is at about 400 A.D. or so, the church started to shift mm-hmm. from a mindset of seeing God as First John says he is. Right? There's, there's only right. three things that describe God as a noun. Right. It's all in First John. God is light, mm-hmm. God is life, and mm-hmm. God is love. Yes. Everything else that describes God is an adjective. Right, an you know, attribute. Every time, I, yeah, I'll put out there on mm-hmm. Facebook where I'll say God is love. And mm-hmm. someone will say, yeah, 
but he's also holy. (laughs) I'm like, well, yeah, he is holy, Mm -hmm. but holy is an adjective. Right. So holy is a part of what describes the noun. Exactly. So it's holiness. Wholeness. It's like life and love. Mm -hmm. Right. And deals with wholeness. Mm -hmm. But people also say, yeah, God is love, but God is also just. Mm-hmm. Because people have this sense of of justice when it right. comes to God, and it's true, but God's justice is based on light, life, life and, and love. love. And according yeah. to Zechariah, I think it's seven nine or nine seven. I always get those mixed up, but it actually says practice true justice, which is mercy and compassion, and love one another, care for the widow, care for the orphan. Right. So our yeah. idea of justice is punitive, right? God's idea of justice is mm-hmm. restorative. Right. Correct. And so the church took a huge shift, mm-hmm. starting with Augustine. And then John Calvin, who was a lawyer, came out with his institutes and in Calvinism. And that has affected the last four or five hundred years of the church. Exactly. Intensely, because it views God through a lens of payment, mm-hmm. of a debt. Mm-hmm. And he's a judge that we're to be afraid of. Right. Right. And particularly if you have, if you have this hell thing dangling on the back end of things. So, yeah. Yeah, that that, that ends up just adding to it. And right. so when, mm-hmm. I, I always put it like this, and I've shared this a lot around around the country and around the world, but many people's view of God is what I call Jobian. In other words, mm-hmm. we get it from Job in right. the Old Testament. We have this picture of God, the, the, the judge, sitting on a throne room, and, and he's in the courts of heaven, which, you know, that's a big teaching right now, even in the charismatic church. It sure that is. You have to go to the courts of heaven and you got to, uh, like, uh, litigate mm-hmm. uh, legally for right. your healing and everything else. The problem with it is, is none of that exists anymore. Right. Uh, because, first of all, uh, you know, God the Father is not sitting on a throne of judgment in the courts of heaven. Right. Uh, Jesus, the picture in Job, is, is kind of like our heavenly lawyer. He's litigating right. on our behalf. And mm-hmm. then the devil is the prosecuting attorney, and he's always accusing the saints. Right. The problem with the picture is the devil was cast out a long time ago, and according to Hebrews 2, he's not only defeated, but he's been destroyed, annihilated, the Greek actually uses, and rendered completely powerless. And so if the devil's been rendered completely powerless and he's right. been destroyed, mm-hmm. then it's, it's obviously not the devil up in heaven as a prosecuting attorney. Exactly. And Jesus at the right hand litigating on our behalf, because yeah. First John tells us mm-hmm. also, that we have an advocate. We have a lawyer, right. but our lawyer is not with the judge. We have an advocate with the father. The father. And so we're not, we're not coming. And even if we are into a courtroom, okay, mm-hmm. if, if we do come into a courtroom, but our, the judge is our father, right. then it's he's going to judge. It's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged. He's yeah. going to judge according to his love and exactly. his justice, which is mercy Absolutely. and compassion. But when Absolutely. you have a judicial mindset mm-hmm. about God, mm-hmm. It changes the dynamic to this is not a father that we have intimate relationship with. And as First John says, mm-hmm. we come fearlessly into the throne room of grace, Absolutely. boldly, without fear. When you're coming, I don't care who you are, even if you're completely innocent, when you mm-hmm. walk into a courtroom, right. you're nervous. Oh, you already feel guilty. <laughs> it's yeah, true. I mean, it's it's really intimidating. And that prosecuting attorney, mm-hmm. and no matter how good of a you have, and mm-hmm. even if you're innocent, there's times many innocent people have still gone to jail. Right. There's innocent people that have been have been killed in electric chairs, right. uh, you know, simply because. So there's Scary. a fear to come into a courtroom, mm-hmm. but we're not coming into a courtroom. We're coming into the living room. Yeah. And, and Father is sitting on a big old where lazy. we can live. That's part of that life, light, and love, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it always produces life. So if we view God through a judicial lens mm-hmm. of a judge, of someone who only cares about payment, mm-hmm. uh, only cares about justice, mm-hmm. and not even true justice, right. which is caring for widows right. and caring for orphans Loving and the oppressed, mm-hmm. it's normally the justice of that person hurt me. And so right. I want them to pay. Exactly. And yet Jesus is our example of what it looks like when he's hanging on the cross mm-hmm. and his response isn't daddy kill them all. Right. His response is father, forgive them. <laughs> right. You know, right. So he, he's our example. And you, and you don't punish purpose. what you forgive, right? You either forgive or punish, but you don't do both because they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's absolutely impossible mm-hmm. to punish what you have forgiven. Right. You know, now it, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, even after you forgive, that you're not smart, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't mean that you don't have some boundaries up with some people oh, yeah. that have wounded you and hurt you, right. but you don't want them punished. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've had people do things to me, say things about me, betray me. Yeah. And I've never one time went to God, like God, get them. I Go normally, them. Yeah. my response is God, I don't want them to reap what they sowed. Right. I, I don't want any harm to come to them. But I also know that sowing and reaping is what leads to what, what we call wrath Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, the wrath of God, accord, what, quote unquote, the wrath of God, which right. doesn't really exist of God. That's added in the Greek. Mm-hmm. But the wrath mm-hmm. is actually, according to Romans 1, God not doing something. God actually not doing something. Him taking his hand off and saying, you know what, if that's what you want, then I'm just going to let you get what you want. Right. And sin has built in punishment. Right. The wages of right. sin is death. Truly. So if you continue to do dumb stuff. And you reap and you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap in the flesh. It doesn't have anything to do with the judgment of God. It doesn't have anything to do with God's anger towards somebody. Right. The truth is you continue to sow into the, into the flesh. You're going to mm-hmm. reap in the flesh. You mm-hmm. sow to the spirit, you reap in the spirit. That's a new covenant mm-hmm. concept. It has nothing to do with grace, mercy, nothing. You're going mm-hmm. to reap what you sow. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, so that, that's where I, I, I've, I've noticed. I can always tell when I'm in a conversation with someone or when people respond to me on Facebook or videos and they you know, say stuff. Um, <laughs> I can always tell what lens yeah. they're viewing God through. And the truth is, someone that is viewing God through a lens of an angry dictator mm-hmm. or through the lens of a judge to be feared, mm-hmm. we're never going to look at Scripture the same way. Exactly. So to or Taskmaster, right? Yeah, I mean, to, mm-hmm. to try to argue about a text mm-hmm. when the lens I view it through right. is through a lens of a father that looks exactly like Jesus. Yeah. And you're viewing it through a lens of a God who looks more like Moses. Right. I, I mean, we're having we're a just, completely different discussion. Right? Yeah, we're not going to even be on the same page. Right. And so, you know, I found that it's really, um, I don't want to call it a waste of time. It's, it's casting pearl before swine. Right. To try until someone, mm-hmm. yeah, until someone shifts mm-hmm. and begins to see God as holy good, mm-hmm. as holy love, as yeah. holy life, right. as fully light, right. and there's no darkness in Him. Right. That 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 when we when we when we see God, we don't see a stealer, a killer, or a destroyer. Right. Thank you. We see mm-hmm. one who gives life and life more abundantly, mm-hmm. and He gives it abundantly because He loves His kids. Absolutely. But that. But that judicial mindset and lens is, I'm convinced, what keeps most people from enjoying union. Yes. 
who wants God's to be uni- united with someone who is judging, right? Who is right, judgmental and wrathful, yeah. dis- I mean, displeased, angry, whatever, punitive, right. retri- retributive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't be intimate with someone you're terrified of. No, it, it just. I mean, if if it's a marriage, that marriage isn't going to last. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's impossible. That's not to intimacy. Truly I think it's marriage. called rape. I'm sorry, but right. Well, I mean, that, it's it's, it's I mean, terrifying, it. right? Absolutely. I, I heard and someone so, say a quote that said, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jamie. No, uh, in this vein, I heard someone say that intimacy actually requires equality. And so in the place where there's an equality, not that we, we didn't create ourselves, we're not God, but God lifts up his kids. And so he's the one that, that raises us up. That's in the process of glorifying us, unveiling us. Um, and that place where, so we're co-heirs, uh, and not by our own, own efforts, own brilliance, own whatever, but because that's how the design is. I don't want my kids to cower before me. Or right. So anyway, I just thought that was a really cool insight. Keep on going. This is great. Yeah, that's great insight. Well, it's also kind of like, I don't know if you've seen that, uh, that meme that gets shared quite a bit on Facebook. And it'll be like uh, someone saying, Oh, oh, I really messed up. I need to run from my dad. Mm -hmm. That's religion. Right. But Oh, man, I messed up. I need to run to my dad, my dad, which is relationship. And, and again, if, if it's someone to be feared, Mm -hmm. you run from, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, and if it's someone that you're not afraid of and you know, that loves you and wants the best for you, then you're going to run to them when you mess up. You're not going to run from them. I need help. Yeah. 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 That lens. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I believe that, you know, the men through history that I believe were sincere, mm-hmm. I believe yeah. uh, uh, St. Augustine, no doubt, was absolutely sincere. Yeah. And he brought some great things to the church. I mean, he brought mm-hmm. us the Nicene Creed. I mean, the Apostles' Creed, uh, you know, uh, oversaw the Council at Carthage, which is where really the church fully began to recognize the Bible as canonized. And uh, I mean, he did some great things mm-hmm. and had some other really good statements yeah. in his theology. Mm-hmm. but. He began to view God through a lens. Well, I always use the example of the difference of origin, who mm-hmm. he was between the first and second century. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much was the main influence theologically of the mm-hmm. first 400 years of the church. And But origin was raised with a godly father mm-hmm. who loved him. He had an incredible relationship with his mom and his dad who taught him the grace of God, the goodness of God, the love of God. And so origin, of course, his view of God was through a lens of reconciliation, restoration, yes. and love. And so in origin's mind, well, God is like my dad. Right. My dad would never do this, even to his enemies, mm-hmm. you know, let, let alone to his enemies' kids, or especially right. not to his own kids. Right. And so his teaching really inundated the early church, but the, uh, Augustine came along mm-hmm. and Augustine at first in his younger years embraced origin. Oh, okay. But then he shifted because uh, he was raised by a mother who had some form of Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, they say, but it was maybe a little paganized also had mm-hmm. a relationship with his father. He, he in his younger years was a, a real carouser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they say he was pretty much a pimp. You know, I mean, like pretty much prostituted women and then struggled personally with like sexual immorality 
right. his whole life, even as a believer. I mean, he was right. known for you know, beating himself and get so angry at himself. And so in his mind, uh, he wasn't a good person. So gotcha. he, I mean, we get original sin from Augustine. The right. first three or 400 years of the church didn't teach total depravity, didn't teach right. original sin. I mean, they taught that everyone was born innocent and beautiful. And right. then according to James, you choose to sin. Right. James says, you know, you by your own lust mm -hmm. decide to do this. And then it leads to sin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't, uh, but because of origins lens, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, he saw God as nothing but good, nothing but love, nothing right. but light, nothing right. but light. But then Augustine sees God through a lens that was uh, a, a judge, a ruler, someone to be terrified of mm -hmm. because of his own shame. Yes. Because mm -hmm. of how, how he viewed himself, the struggle himself. Mm -hmm. right inside saying, I'm not that really good of a person. Right. And so he then tries to have origin refuted to oh, wow. two, 250 years later as a heretic, wow. which origin never was. Cause first of all, when he brought a council together to do it, they said, well, he's been dead for a couple hundred years. He can't defend himself. So we're not going to label anybody a heretic that's never been able to actually share their point of view. Right. What a thought, you mm -hmm. know, is your heretic if you disagree with somebody about anything? So you're a heretic or you're an heretic. I, but, but now, I don't think you've lived on, unless you've been called a heretic. But anyway, go ahead. True. Uh, later, <laughs> later on, in, later on in church history, they did refute something called originism. Okay. Which was two of or, which they didn't refute origin as a heretic, but mm -hmm. two of his teachings. Okay. And one of them was that souls were preexistent, uh, okay. like in God and, and everything else. And and the you know the truth is. Um, I mean, that's really where uh, Mormons get a lot of their idea about, you know, every soul or spirit was uh, in the angel Aroni out on some planet and stuff. And then they get mm -hmm. like placed on the earth and, you know, I mean, they get it from somewhere, but that's, right. that was refuted hmm. as heretical, but that was like only one or two of like the vast amount of theology right. and doctrine that, that he taught. But again, the lens, Absolutely. origins lens is God is good. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's like to try to tell, my two kids mm -hmm. that, you know, God is a certain way. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been raised being taught God's not that way. Like I still remember mm -hmm. my daughter when she was 15, she wanted to watch uh, the left behind movie. Uh oh, <laughs> And it was like the latest one with, uh, 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 with Nicolas Cage. So okay. it wasn't as cheesy as some of the other ones. Okay. It was more a Hollywood. It was an upgraded but, version. <laughs> right. Because my, my kids have not been raised with any of that theology. They've been raised right. with more of a fulfilled eschatology. Most of that was fulfilled in the first century. And that's just a different view. It's not better. It's just a different view. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was raised in all the fear of yes. left behind, the rapture. You know, I mean, if you, if you sinned and you looked at a pretty girl more than once, and you got hit by a car straight to hell. You know, I mean, just that whole mindset. Such bondage. And so, I know. And so we're about 20 minutes into the movie, right. and the rapture takes place. And it shows, like, planes are crashing. Yeah, right. Cars are smashed into each other. Trains and buses. I mean, there's fire and smoke. And mothers are walking around in shock saying, where's my kids? Where's my baby? And all of a sudden, a pillow hits the TV. And I turn over and look <laughs> at my daughter. Yay, and Brittany! And she's standing up. Yeah, she's standing up and she's like, are you kidding me? These people believe that our Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Aww. the one who says to bless your enemies, don't don't despitefully use them. The one that says don't render evil for evil. Right. Um, he's doing this. Right. He's wow. causing this kind of pain oh, and wow. chaos. And 
Um, and then she just walked out. How I mean, old she was Brittany at the time? She was 15. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yay, Brittany, but, you go, girl. That's so great. That's right. But to her, <laughs> that whole notion of God mm-hmm. right. was horrific. Right. It was like, you that's can't not say the that Jesus. about Jesus. Yeah. Right. That's not the Jesus yeah. I know. Right. The Jesus I know would never cause that kind of chaos and confusion. He right. brings peace, not chaos. Right. right. And so that, that's where, but again, it's the lens. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they weren't raised through the lens of this judicial. Zeus mm-hmm. sitting on a throne that you would be terrified of with a big long white beard and lightning right. bolts. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they were taught that God is like Jesus and that he's light, he's life, he's love. And that, you know, first of all, their daddy would never do that to him. Right. So why would they ever consider that heavenly father, right. who is the best of right. the best earthly fathers yes. times a million, you know, yes. I remember probably the best description I ever heard of the love of God. I was reading a book on near death experiences. Okay. And uh, the book was written by secular scientists. Right. Who believers mm-hmm. in God mm-hmm. because they began to study for 10 years, people that experienced experiences. And so they had nice. gotten like tens of thousands of emails, tens of thousands of interviews. And what they found is that at, that 80% of the people kept experiencing the same thing. Right. They kept experiencing light, mm-hmm. love, peace, and and they kept meeting and describing the same person wow. over and over and over again. Ding, ding, and so ding, they're like, well, yeah. this can't be coincidence. Right. So, you know, and so they, they had little little blurps in the book about different people. One of them was a man that was not raised in any form of religion. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was pretty much an agnostic. And he commits suicide. Okay. And he dies. They say he was dead, I think, for nearly 20 minutes. And his near-death experience, he says, immediately, he said he was taken into this, this place of extreme light and, and, and incredible peace. And he meets this person. He starts to describe the person, which, of course, we know it's Jesus. Right. And he said, this love emanated off of him. And I love this description. He said, I can't describe the love. The closest I could describe, he said, is the day I felt when I first held my firstborn child. Oh, wow. Times a billion. Wow. And I'm like, what a great description. No of, kidding. Of love. I mean, because wow. when we hold that little child for the first time, mm. I mean, I don't think there's any time, more Time stands still. It literally, yeah. Yeah. That's I think one of the most intense loves mm-hmm. you can ever experience. And he said, that's the love he felt times a billion. Wow. And I was like, geez, <laughs> wow. so what an amazing description. But then I, I you know, I put that on Facebook uh-huh. and of course I wasn't saying anything theological about it. Right. I just said, right. man, what it's a beautiful. beautiful description. of God. And this is from someone who never prayed the prayer of salvation. They right. died. And this is what they experienced in their death. And of course, a lot of people, thank God, came out and said, that's beautiful. But right. a bunch came out and said, well, you know, if, if he didn't believe in Jesus, uh, you know, that that was a familiar spirit or, I mean, it's like, come on. It, it's like, are you kidding me? Just, you just, know, so, just, I mean, yeah. what's interesting is when you study the near-death experiences, mm-hmm. it's it's like, I think under 20% of the people they interviewed yeah. that experienced any type of like, fear or mm-hmm. fire or mm-hmm. torment mm-hmm. and every one of those people had been indoctrinated in some form of religious text 
Oh, wow. That's fascinating. And so the people, the people that had nothing to do with church right, right. were pagans right. or agnostics and didn't believe in God. Yeah. All they experienced was light, light life, and love. love, and peace. Oh, wow. So it, <laughs> it, it should push you, you know, at least think that maybe, you know, just maybe some of this stuff that we viewed God through has been really jacked up. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So I'm, I'm just on this. I'm on this quest. I believe God spoke to me over 12 years ago now. And he said, everywhere you go, anywhere in the world, and you teach, mm. I want you to paint the father as being better than anybody ever imagined he was. Yeah. Because people many times are okay with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus was amazing. Jesus was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm not really sure about his father because depending on what they were taught, Maybe they were raised hearing a, a more John Calvin gospel, right? which was punitive, which, you know, God was angry at Adam mm-hmm. because Adam sinned. And so he stayed angry for 5,000 years right? because he obviously has some serious anger issues, even though we have verse after verse after verse that says love is not easily angered. And his, his <laughs> Keeps no anger lasts for a moment. <laughs> yeah, but his mercy for a lifetime. Right. Uh, you, you know, I mean, we, we have all these examples of him yeah. not being very angry. Right. And, and yet, here's this angry father who got so angry at his kids because they disrespected and disobeyed him. By the way, one time that he then stays angry for 5,000 years, and now he doesn't like any of his kids because right. they're all infected with what the first kid did. Right. And so, you know, he, he ha- there has to be a payment made. And so, you know, Jesus, the firstborn, says, Father, you know what? Yeah. I'll the be word, the whipping boy. I- yeah. I'll go mm-hmm. rather than beat them. You can beat me. Right. So then I guess you can get all your anger out because you've obviously got to get all this t- bent up, uh, uh, you know, uh, right. negative energy right. out of you for some reason. Right. God has an anger love, management problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even though love keeps no record of wrong, but you obviously <laughs> have been keeping record of wrong. Right. It's been building years. up. Yeah. It's been building up. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus takes our beating. And now, as right. long as we pray and get in Jesus, yeah. the Father's okay with us. But right. if you're not in Jesus, he's right. not okay with you. And so, you know, we took verses like Paul saying that our life is hid with God in Christ and mm-hmm. begin to teach him as our life is hid from God in oh, Christ. Oh, wow. You're right. You know, well, I mean, you know, I think it was Martin Luther that said, all we are is snow covered dung. That, you know, as, as a child of God made in the image and likeness of God, we're actually just wow. a big piece of poo. Exactly. But when we accept Jesus, right. we become snow-covered poo. Right, so, exactly. You know, Blood-covered, okay. right? And, then, and like, when we get to heaven, exactly. we're just trying not to stink up heaven because, you know, Papa may find, Father God may find out, and then we're really in trouble. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's so it ludicrous. You, you know, yeah. then, then you have men, famous Calvinists, uh, that embrace John Calvin's punitive mm-hmm. judicial mindset that are alive today, like yeah. like John Piper, who would mm-hmm. say that all Jesus is, Jesus is our asbestos suit that protects us against the, the white hot fiery wrath of God. Wow. So really all God wants to do is just fry all of humanity because he's still so angry. But Jesus came and you know, Jesus became the Father's Prozac. Right. You know, calmed him down, <laughs> right. pretty much saved the Father, changed the Father's mind. Right. And, and, you know, when the truth is that Jesus didn't come 
to change the father's mind about us. Right. It came to change our mind about the father. Absolutely. We were the ones that viewed God that way. He didn't view us that way. But, but again, if you've been taught most of your life Mm -hmm. through a judicial lens, Mm -hmm. this is someone to be terrified. I remember, I mean, my dad and I had a discussion about this several years ago and my dad's favorite verse for years has been the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And I looked at him one time. I said, well, dad, you know, I'm, I'm not refuting that passage. Right. Maybe fear may get some people to God, mm-hmm. but it can't keep you. And fear cannot come. It's not relational you. or at least a healthy yeah. relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, right. and, and perfect love mm-hmm. removes exactly. all fear mm-hmm. that, 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 that includes the quote unquote fear of God. Now the new mm-hmm. Testament actually never calls it the fear of God. Mm-hmm. The new covenant in Hebrews calls it the spirit of, of the fear of the Lord, which is the spirit of oh. awe, honor, and respect of God. Wow. So, you know, we should still have an awe, right. an honor, and a respect. But if I'm terrified right. to come into my father's presence, I mean, there's something really messed up. There I, I is. remember my dad and I discussing back, this was probably 15, 20 years ago, when it was like overnight, mm-hmm. the church went casual. You know, it was like, People were showing up with suits and ties <laughs> and dresses. It was like overnight people are wearing jeans Candy and preachers are preaching. Yeah, yeah with, with their shirts hanging out and tennis shoes. I mean, it literally felt like it happened overnight. Like what just took place? <laughs> right. I my dad saying to me, he said, son, you know, one of the issues I have, my dad's old school when it comes right. to dressing up. He right. still wears his suits and ties and matching shoes. And I mean, you know, my dad's decked all out. Right. And, uh, and he made the statement to me, he said, struggles I have with the separation of preachers is, you know, your shirts are hanging out, holes in your blue jeans, and you come in and he said, if the president were to come to town, and this was, I think, uh, uh, i trying to remember who the president was, Bush. Uh, it was uh, Bush Jr. Okay. And he said, if the president were to come to town, uh, he said, you know, you, you, you would, he said, you would, if you were invited to meet him, you would go rent a tuxedo, you know, your mm-hmm. wife would go buy a formal dress, Right. to come into his presence. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, dad, that's true. If you don't know him, right. if you're intimidated by him right. or you're afraid of him. I said, but I guarantee you that president Bush's daughters do not come into the <laughs> oval office right. at night to give him a kiss. Good night. Right. And, and put a dress on first. Right. right. You know, I said, you know, if, if our mentality about God is still a judge or to be afraid of, right. then yeah, we, we dress up to come into his presence. But right. if I, and I told my dad, I said, but dad, I've never one time dressed up to come to your house. Right. Right. To I mean, see you. Matter of yeah. fact, I always make sure I wear something comfortable because my mom will hurt you with food. All right. She's going to cook <laughs> you way you too much. Snap the button I'm off. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to need pants that are loose. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, it's, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I think I put it in my book. One of the myths in my book is that everyone always dressed up for church. Right. And it actually, people didn't start dressing up for church till the Victorian age. And it was the late 1800s when people would dress up to go to a baseball game. They, they dressed up to go for, I mean, women in corsets and all of that. And a couple articles were written by a couple pastors that mm-hmm. went kind of viral all over the country in newspapers about how, you know, people that are uh, believers in Jesus mm-hmm. should look like it on the outside and dress up. When the truth mm-hmm. is the early church, the church actually going back to being a little more casual is more mm-hmm. what the early church taught 
because mm-hmm. uh, they actually say that many of the apostles, excuse me, in the early church taught that because there was such a caste system mm-hmm. of rich and poor, they right. asked all the rich people to please oh. wear like their around the house clothes wow. so that there, there wasn't a differentiation Brethren, when they get together right. of rich and poor. Right. Wow. And so mm-hmm. they actually did it out of a place to where they didn't want the poor people being intimidated right. by the people, the purple robes and the gold sashes right. and, and all beauty. Instead, they're like, please just wear what you would like, you know, pretty much your house type clothes. Right. So that when we gather together, we're not looking at titles and, and all of that of the mess. Mm-hmm. And right. that, that made more sense to me than anything that I'd ever heard because wow. it's all about That's us. lovely, people, right? Making people feel comfortable, right? And right. Part of, part and, of family community. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, how many people mm-hmm. have you heard say, well, I'd go to church, but I don't have any church clothes. Right. Right. And it's, That's it's true. like, so what, what exactly are church clothes? You know, <laughs> it's, you know, just wear some clothes. Right. You know, right. Please wear clothes. Don't, but don't yes. like Adam and Eve right. before you fall. You know, I mean, we, we prefer, obviously, that you wear at least some wear clothes. some clothes. Yes. For heaven's sakes, please. You know, but I mean, it, it's this whole, but again, all that goes back to a judicial lens. Right. If you're coming to the presence of the judge, they teach you how to dress a certain way. Right. In front of a judge and a jury. Uh, right. You know, rather than just being able to be your authentic, real self. Right. And come into daddy's presence with your issue, mm-hmm. you know, with your mess, with no makeup, you know, with with your hair not just perfect. Right. His daddy's okay with that. And right. that's that's the shift that's starting to take place. As I'm traveling, the one thing I'm seeing more than anything else is people are starting to get a real revelation of God as Father. Yeah. And, you know, we've been singing Good Father, and people are right. starting to finally embrace it. Uh, you know, it, it's like I've had I've had young men that have wanted to argue theology with me. And they were very staunch mm-hmm. in, you know, certain theologies. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't argue scripture with them. I'd just say to them, right. so how does that work with your kids? Right? How, how does that what work? Great, if, if Jesus, yeah. if Jesus came to reveal the father mm-hmm. and he came to show us that the father is just like him, right? then how does that verse and then you're bent on the doctrine and theology of that, right? how does that work? with you, with your kids. Right. Because right, once wow. you see God through the lens of Abba mm-hmm. and you've got to begin to then see everybody's as kids. It's not just people that pray a magic prayer. We're and all God's them. offspring. Right. Uh, he's the father of us all. Paul right. said, right. You know, he, he's the father of every family named in heaven and named in earth. Right. So there's nobody he's not father, father to mm-hmm. from his point of view. Mm-hmm. He looks right. down on the earth and all he sees his kids. is several billion his kids. Right. But now we don't see ourselves that way. Right. And so it, it's not until we begin to shift back to the original mindset of God about us and begin to see him as father. That's that's the only right. that's the only thing I see that's going to change this world because the church systems are still full of a punishment mindset. It's right. full of God as a judge, someone right. that we have to you know, he's the policeman in the rear view mirror. It's so toxic, it, right? It's so toxic. It, well, it's mm-hmm. completely toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, for us to tell kids in Sunday school about Jesus, you know, Jesus loves little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Right. They're all precious in his like, Jesus right. loves me this, I know, for the Bible tells me so. Right. And then they start talking about his father right. as a killer. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, Jesus loves you. But, you know, you know, way, way back uh, a long time ago, 
he got really mad at, at all these people. Right. And so he sent a flood, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kill them all, men, women, and children. Right. And, it, you know, I mean, you read that and you're like, okay, now. What, you get this what, what, what cognitive is, dissonance, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, so what is this? So is, is Jesus exactly like the father? Right. So then what's this over here? And it brings all this confusion. Right. And it, it, it brings a, a dualistic mindset of like God over God is different than Jesus. Right. Rather than just understand that, you know, the first 11 chapters of, of Genesis are a narrative. Right. You know, I mean, they, they, they weren't meant to be mm-hmm. literal. Jews don't even take it as literal. Right. I mean, Jews, wow. I mean, Jewish rabbis, when they sit and argue about the first 11 books of Genesis, it's, it's a Hebrew narrative mm-hmm. explaining that God is better than all the other religions because every other religion older than Judaism had a flood story. They mm-hmm. had a garden story. Yeah. You know, they had a snake story. I mean, I mean, right. they had the exact, I mean, Moses actually borrowed being a prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. He would have been taught all about the Epic of Gilgamesh. He would have been taught yes. all about a, 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 a Akkadian uh, Babylonian theology mm-hmm. and their ideas, which were older than Judaism. Right. And he brings them in, teaches a narrative to actually show that, you know what, this Jehovah, this Elohim, he's better than all these other gods. Wow. You know, he's not like that. And so, you know, it, it's all in how, again, how we view God. Through lens. We mm-hmm. view him through the lens of a judge we're to be terrified of. Right. Rather than through a father that loves us and wants relationship with us. Absolutely. It changes the whole way you view yourself. It's the way you view God and the way that yeah. you view other people. Absolutely. And then, of course, the way that the way that we minister, because if if we're if we're uh, looking at God as a, a you know a punitive uh, judge, and there's hell hell dangling on the other end, I mean, you know, and and people's blood is on our hands if we're not out there sucking them into the kingdom by getting them to say the magic prayer. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really, and none, none of that's relational. None of that. And and it's exhausting. Oh God. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, to, to, to believe, you know, to believe that if I don't do that, I'm also going to be held accountable for it because then someday standing at this, you know, great white throne judgment, which people have no idea what any of that is talking about. But anyway, well, the great white throne judgment, which was a Jewish thing, by the way, and not a Gentile thing, right. that, that we're going to stand there and God's going to play back this reel of like right. everything bad we've done, even right. though he said he's forgotten it all. Keeps no records of wrongs. He's from the West, right. but he's got a special angel up there. Right. You know, he's, our, our angels are, are taking, you know, <laughs> videos of everything we do wrong, right. and we're going to be reminded and we're on display, of it. humiliated, exposed, yeah, shame. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't make an ounce of yeah. sense yeah. with anything that Jesus taught us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, somewhere I heard that love covers a multitude of sins. I think it may say that somewhere, but yeah, no. Yeah, I think, I, 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 in some ancient book, I think yeah, I read one time. I think one time. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Jamie, I, this is so, we could just go on and on and on. One of the things I really wanted to highlight was your book. Um, tell us about your book, where they can get it. It is, I, I, I think everybody needs to get this book. It's, it's sure. amazing. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. The one thing is, it's a really easy read mm-hmm. because it's just, uh, you know, you can read it's 70 myths and mistranslations mm-hmm. found in the Bible about God and the Bible. And I cover everything from, 
you know, myths about the devil, myths about God, myths about myths about hell, myth, myths about you know sinners' prayers, tithing, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, myths about uh, the the uh, age of accountability. Right. I mean, you know, just so many things that we've been taught through the years that we've all questioned. Right. We just really weren't sure what to do with. And really went into them, uh, really not even in depth. I mean, they're like a page and a half, so you can read one a day for 70 days. Right. Super easy to read. Detox. 70-day detox. Yes. Correct. And hopefully what it does is it doesn't give you all the answers. Mm -hmm. What it does is it causes you to ask all the right questions. So then you go study for yourself and then Mm -hmm. let the Holy Spirit on the inside of you illuminate truth to you. I mean, I don't I don't believe any of us can truly reveal truth to people. Mm-hmm. I believe right. we can teach truth. Right. According to First John, no man, no man can really teach us this thing. Mm-hmm. It's the unction, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So right. you and I can teach us and guiding teach, us in teach, all truth. Mm-hmm. But if the Holy Spirit inside doesn't reveal it to people, right? It's just what Paul said to, to Timothy that men would ever be learning, never come into the knowledge of the truth, because yes, the knowledge of the truth is truth. it's revealed truth, and then you act on it. That's why right. it's not the truth that sets us free. It's the knowledge of the right. truth. Mm-hmm. Epigonosco is the Greek word, right. which is experiential man. truth. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's when you have an encounter with truth that it comes alive. Mm-hmm. In. So yeah, yeah, my book, uh, you can find it on my website, which is connectinternationalministries.com or himconnect.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, Either of those will get you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, on there, I have an audio book that you can only get on the website, and that one comes with commentary. So it's almost like two so books great. in one. So I read all 70 myths and then give about a five-minute commentary in each one. Also, Amazon, Kindle, uh, you just put my name in, Jamie Englehart, and uh, and it'll, it'll pop up and Myths and Mistranslation. It's a fun book. I think it's a great read. It's great. I'm it's working so on my next two right now. Uh, the one is going to be called A Complete Gospel, and we look at all the all the seven things in the New Testament called the gospel. Uh, you know, the gospel of God, the gospel of your son, the gospel of grace, the gospel of Paul, the gospel of the kingdom, uh, the, the gospel of peace. And uh, it was one I missed, uh, the gospel of Christ. And so uh, all of those are the one gospel, but there's seven wow. aspects right. of, of the wow. gospel that's, that's so much bigger uh, than we realize. And most movements and churches dabble in three, maybe four of them, and they, they don't even teach the other ones. Wow. Uh, and sometimes it's vice versa. Some groups will teach these three or four and not teach these ones. Right. And and we so want a complete gospel. Picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because Paul, Paul in Romans 1, he's telling the church, I long to come to you to preach the gospel to you. Well, if the gospel is just about accepting Jesus and going to heaven, I mean, they'd already heard the gospel. Right. So I mean, why was he long <laughs> to preach the good news to him when they already got the good news? Right. It's because the gospel is bigger than just like get out of hell free card. Right. And I get to go to heaven and be with God. It, it encompasses so much else. And, uh, and then I'm also working on, uh, my other book is going to be called, um, God's offspring. Oh, uh, every wow. human carries the DNA of God. They just don't know it. Wow. That and, is true. Yeah. That one, that one's taken me a while. I'm, I don't know. It might end up being a trilogy because it's, it's so much about sonship and identity and so much of kind of, um, kind of my core message that right. I've had for, you know, nearly 30 years. And wow. so, uh, yeah, but working on the now too, and these e-courses I'm excited about, I yeah. uh, just did the one on hell. I did one on eschatology, uh, yes. went over the four views of the end times and what that mm-hmm. looks like. And again, not telling people what to think, but how to think. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, You know, I mean, in all these teachings, I pretty much tell them these are possibilities, not certainties. Right. Uh, Part of the problem is we try to make certain things that we have no idea what we can be certain about. I mean, the afterlife, you can't be the only thing you can be certain about in the afterlife. is according to first John four, those that receive his love have no fear to stand before my judgment day. Right. That's the only certainty that we have. Otherwise, We don't know what happens after we die other than absent from the body present with the Lord. Right. You know, the, the, what happens to the righteous, what happens to the wicked. I mean, all that, it's all, it's all conjecture. Truly. And there's different ways to look at it mm-hmm. theologically through church history, mm-hmm. but all of them have our truth and all of them are error. They right. all have holes you can punch in. So to be certain right. is, it's ridiculous. Truly. I believe you will embrace theological systems mm-hmm. that have to do with the lens on how you view God. Yes. You you judicially, you're going to be bent to then embracing these doctrines Mm -hmm. about how you view this. If you view them through family and father, you're going to be bent that this is going to make more sense to you. So that's where the the lens thing is is, is massively huge. And people can also, you know, they can follow me on Facebook. Um, I have a public figure page and a personal page. I normally don't take new friend requests on my personal page. Because I've only got, I think, like 18 open. You're chock full. <laughs> yeah. And I say, I say those for me to send friend requests to people like I want a friend. Right. Because they pop, they top you out of 5,000. So right. but people can still follow. And I put the same information right. pretty much on, on both pages. Well, wonderful, Jamie. Yeah. Make sure you get his book. Make sure you check out his e-courses coming out in June. Yes. And, hopefully, yes. Uh, right. Hopefully. And how, I know how that is. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of free stuff. There's a pile <laughs> of free messages and stuff on YouTube too. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful. Just put my name in, they can watch. I think there's over fifty videos on there or something with me on it. So So good. Jamie, you are a gift. I love you. Love your family. Uh and Thank it's you. always, yeah. always, always a joy. I always get so much. And there's you always give us so much to chew on. It's meaty, meaty stuff and it's wonderful. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy uh, being able to talk with you. And then when we come out to the Springs, I always look forward to spending a little time mm-hmm. with you guys. It is, it is wonderful to, to, I'm glad and you're coming out soon. So I'm excited. So are there any yeah. places that you're traveling in the next couple months that you want to highlight for people if they want to see you in person? Um, you know what? I normally have my itinerary on right. my website and we're getting ready to update it because it's been so chaotic over the last year. Right. I really anything on there and really right now I'm, I'm starting probably starting this next week mm-hmm. i'll start to put on facebook again where i'm going to be because i haven't done it partly because a lot of the churches were bringing me in right you know, they, they were barely getting 30 percent of the crowds and they really were bringing me in just to spend time with them and the leaders right just because they're right. like where do we go next we are limited yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what's our new normal going to look like? And just because <laughs> right. you know, obviously crowds have been way down, right. but they still wanted me to come just because of more my position and, and relationship in their lives. And so now we're going to start advertising because things are starting to open back up again. I mean, even the states that have been closed are opening up again. So hallelujah. Time Time to, time to advertise again. Right. Well, wonderful. Well, go, go find Jamie. Uh, glean from everything he has. Once again, thank you, Jamie. Love to you. Love to your family. And I'm sure we thank will you. connect soon. Absolutely. All God right. Bless. bless you. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.